This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by HVAC Trustbooks. Go to HVACTrustbooks.com to discover how this tool can help you close more sales. Thank you for joining us. Here is how we will help your business and you today. I recently held a meeting for the contractors I work with. Dave Squires did a phenomenal presentation, and I'm letting you in on his thoughts about managing reviews. This is a two-part podcast. Today is part one. Dave is the CEO and founder of Online Access, a website and social media company for the HVAC and plumbing industries. He is also a partner, i.e. a contractor, in Vincent's Plumbing and Heating in Port Huron, Michigan. Yeah, I'm, I'm Dave Squires. This is my daughter, Colleen Keyworth. You may not know it, but there's a lot of family in this industry. Um, we basically did the video because it's a huge problem, which I'm going to cover tomorrow in depth. Um, but what we, I want you to write something down now, right now. Woman in HVACR.org slash video DL. Woman in HVACR.org slash video DL, as in download. You're the first group we've done this for. I didn't even have a chance to put it on the slide. So far, we've got over 33,000 shares on that video. Um, views. Pardon? Uh, views on Facebook. Views, not shares. I'm sorry. Views on Facebook. We've got about 2,000 from where it's basically in YouTube. We boosted maybe 2,000 of that when we first started it out. Now, if you know anything about Facebook, you can't boost it unless you upload it. When we did this, we did it for the fact that YouTube and Facebook last year created a deal where you can use titles. That would have been about a $25,000 copyright on that song. As long as it stays on YouTube and Facebook, it can be used anywhere. So what we're suggesting, and this is a challenge to all of you, how many of you had high school counselors who encouraged you to be in the HVAC industry? <laughs> Let's do it this way. How many think all high school counselors should be lined up and shot for telling everybody they got to go to college? Okay, they're not telling them that. They're starting to. For 50 bucks, you could boost this in your market to that age demographic. Every kid in your market could see this. Every mom. Every mom, too, would be a good one, too, because you know, moms are probably more important than the kids, but the kids don't even know it's an option, and it's a story. There's a question there. The only thing we have to do is fill out a form, email. We're not going to spam you, but we just want to know that you, yeah, you're agreeing to the fact I will not upload this anywhere but Facebook or YouTube because of copyright laws, but it's yours to use. Okay? There, we'd use no branding in it. We didn't, I mean, it's all our company. It's all our HVAC company we shot it at, but we use no branding, so it's good for anybody in any market. Um, and that's your work for tax, too. Pardon? That's your tax, too. Yeah. It, uh, actually, there are no texts in the video. This is the entire online access group. That's the online access team. We did a really team. good job faking it. I think we weren't dirty enough, but it's okay. The uh, <laughs> Courtney, who you see as the star in that, is a plumbing apprentice who worked for a family business, but with kids it's bad hours as a tech so she's working for us now she's actually our customer support so, so but yeah it's our you know really if you want to know how this happens we suck at lip sync so <laughs> <laughs> we decided to do this instead um, but that being said what we're presenting today what we want to talk about is reviews uh, the dynamics are changing there's a lot about it uh, 
it, we're becoming a review-oriented society. What we did, and we're going to cover it, is we went back. We actually downloaded over a thousand bad reviews. We're talking bad reviews, two stars on down. We uh, spidered it, seeded it. We categorized all those. We looked at them. We anonymized them for another reason, which I'm going to cover at the end, so that people could use those reviews. We were able to do this because we actually service about 400 contractors all over the U.S. and Canada. We've been doing that for about 20 years. So we actually had the stats for Google reviews from all sizes of different companies, all different kinds. We probably put, took about 25,000 reviews to narrow it down to 1,300 negative ones. Now, if anyone here has never had a bad review in Google, you're welcome to leave. Yeah, okay. Um, like she said, we pulled 25,000 Google reviews to get 13,000 below three stars. The bad news, many customers make it a point to sort and focus on those 1,300 negative reviews. How many of you, when you look something up, sort by one star, if you're serious about buying? You're not alone. So they do affect us, and part of the problem is, is that and from my position, I monitor everything that comes into our company, and we send out emails to customers. We let customers know because we monitor their reviews. If they get a bad one, I get a copy of that. <laughs> We're going to play the song again. Um, and it was really bothering me because I kept seeing these bad reviews come in. Now, mind you, they get a lot of great reviews, but what do we focus on? We focus on the bad ones. Um, so let's start out with, we're going to give you a background on the, that lies, darn lies, and statistics, 2019 st stats about customer reviews. The 20s out, 2020 re stats aren't out yet. Um, on average, local businesses have 39 Google reviews. 74% of local businesses have at least one Google review. Businesses appearing in Google's top three local positions have an average of 47 Google reviews. Bars, restaurants, hotels, most likely have Google reviews. Average Google star rating for a local business is 4.42. Senior living centers, car dealerships, and hotels have the lowest average star ratings on Google. You want to know a bad business is a car dealer. I'm shopping for a Ford 150. And if they sell used cars in the 5,000 on range down, they get a lot of bad reviews on them because people expect them to run forever. Uh, only 5% of the business have a Google average star rating below three stars. What's interesting is of the 17,000 Google reviews we pulled in April of last year, uh, we were able to get 17,000, I'm sorry. 8,000 re Google reviews happened in the last six months for our customer base. It took us five years to get 17,000. We had 8,000 in the last six months. You guys see a trend there? One of the things that's affecting that it's good, and it is good and bad, is, is that there's a lot of automated systems out there to get reviews. We've become systematized on how we get it. We're going to cover that in here, too. We're going to give you a chart nobody else has showing you comparison of all the different systems, good, bad, and indifferent on them. Um, the, of the first 17,000, 5.8 out of every 100 customers left bad reviews. Six out of 100. Uh, of the last 8,000, this is the benefit of these automated systems, is that ratio is down to 3.7 out of 100. Which goes to show the fact that, you know, and understand when people leave review, 99% of your customers love you. But I called you because I expected to get good service. 
why should I go out of my way to leave a review? I got what I expected. Now, if they expected to get good service and they didn't get good service, different story. But the nice part is, is because we are asking even the happy ones to do it and we find a system to do it, we brought that ratio down of bad to good. This is cumulative growth of reviews. Uh, the one spiking there at the top, Google, Facebook is slightly over Yelp. TripAdvisor Foursquare, which really on our market. I have good news though, a conference I just attended in the fall uh, for SEO, Yelp is flattening out and bottoming out. I know that's going to break a lot of hearts here. Uh, Yelp is probably the closest thing to the mafia there is that's legal. Um, they, they are the, I think it's the Ninth Circuit Court, District Court in uh, San Francisco. They had a class action suit. They had hundreds of business tell them documentation saying that if you don't advertise us, we're going to lose all your good reviews. The court said it's not extortion, it's maybe heavy-handed business. <laughs> I'm waiting for them to define extortion. Um, now, mind you, Yelp is headquartered in San Francisco. That probably has nothing to do with it. Uh, <laughs> but that's where that stands. But the good news is, is that Google is at least a fairer player in it, and they are taking it, it's basically more people are shifting over to Google for their review source. The myths and realities surrounding online reviews. Um, Google reviews have absolutely no SEO value, search engine optimization. A lot of you guys will be told that, oh, the more Google reviews you have, it may affect you slightly in Google My Business. But we have it, nobody can find a good comparison or if this then, you know, rationality as to how it does. Because you're going to be very frustrated if you see someone above you in Google My Business who has less reviews than you. There's no real way, but they say it affects it. But most SEO people can't find, figure that out. It, an act, so a review in Google does not have that. Other reviews can, where, because they aggregate it for like if you have a Yelp shows up with five stars, ten, see the reviews in your area, you know how you see the home advisor, trip, you know, and everything like that when you do a search. It can help you there, but that's not your SEO, that's Yelp's. You're there with ten other guys, if that makes sense. Um, losing your reviews. You can, you know, this is a question is, is that you can lose reviews. Google's pretty fair about it, but there, you know, there are companies that uh, will, you can buy reviews from. Don't. Not worth it, because if that market racket gets caught, everybody gets lost, loses their reviews. Uh, you can lose, not only, you know, we had one, and I will tell you this, I'm not to unname the manufacturer because it wasn't the manufacturer, it was one of their distributors. There's a manufacturer that is requiring their dealers to have a certain number of reviews at a certain star level. In Google. In Google. Um, we caught the distributor buying reviews for all their dealers. Those reviews went away. Okay, so it's... <laughs> Always listening. <laughs> yeah, hey Google. <laughs> Um, so, you know, it's not only, pe you know, you may not be the one buying your reviews, but if you see reviews disappear, be cautious of that. I mean, there's, there's different reasons for it. Who actually owns Google reviews? Guess what? Who do you think owns the review that they give you? Google doesn't. You don't. The customer who left you the review does. 
Now, everybody shows it. We do, too, because it's not out there until the first case comes in where someone sues you for copyright or a takedown notice because you're showing their review in your site. But it's theirs. They own it. They have the copyrights to it. Google's very clear about that. Yeah. I'm going to go back to this one. Who owns reviews? This is something that kind of gets glanced over, but with the owning of reviews, and you actually can lose your reviews, if anybody ever had an entire Google My Business shut down on them and they've lost all their reviews before, it happens. It's happened to three of our customers so far where we've had to do actually expert work to actually call Google and get stuff fixed in order to revise or revise something to, in order to get that listing turned back on. Because, for instance, an example, one of our uh, customers had their son running a separate business of, didn't have anything to do with HVAC, but they used the same address as the real business. Google automatically assumed that that business was the real business and they shut down the HVAC business. He lost 115 reviews. So it's not a happy conversation to have. But then we had to find out you know, different ways in order to revive that. You can lose your reviews. Make sure you're safeguarding your Google My Business and keeping it accurate. There's a lot of cases where Google's just a machine, guys. I kind of say this all the time, Google is Skynet. So it's always a good idea to make sure you're utilizing Google reviews because someday everything will disappear and only Google will be left it might be a good idea to have that investment. All right, pesky Google guidelines. Anybody familiar with what these are or have ever read them before? These are Google's actual review guidelines. They have rules, I know. I know lots of review companies out there will say they don't, it's not a big deal, but I will here, here to tell you that they actually have this listed. This is an actual screenshot from their site. And so this is actually what they say is the play-by-play -play rules of when you're collecting reviews, how you're collecting reviews, and where you're putting those reviews, what you can do and what you can't. And you will be penalized if caught, of course, that's the obviously the caveat, if you're not following these. I, I actually kind of put in this little red one right here, so make sure nobody missed it. Review gating. How many people have a system in place where they have this pesky little question ahead of time that says, did you enjoy your service, yes or no? Would you recommend us? Would you recommend us, yes or no? And if that person says no, they get buried into the basement, and I get a little private email that gets to say that, and I get to say, you know, hey, thanks so much, you know, and I get to fix that behind the scenes. And then they don't get to see Google, and they don't get to see Facebook. I know that sounds like an awesome option, but it's still defined by Google as review gating. In fact, two companies were actually slapped with that. Birdseye was one of them. Um, and other people that were using Birdseye's aggregate were actually slammed with that so that they had to be able to show that they weren't review gating anymore. I've seen my client's salespeople struggle when a customer asks why they should use your company rather than the competition when your price is higher and you both are proposing the same equipment. I've seen technicians struggle when customers ask them whether they should replace an 18-year-old air conditioner. And most salespeople and technicians never ask the one question that most customers are concerned about, yet never ask. Can I trust you? I found a tool that gives your salespeople and technicians the ammunition to answer this question and more. And the tool works. How do I know? 68% of my clients are using it to increase sales and referrals. What is it? A trust book with your name on it as the author. More details are at HVACTrustBooks.com. Warning, there is only one contractor per area that can get these great books. Some areas are already taken. They've gone to my clients. If you want your area and want to have a tool for your salespeople and technicians to increase referrals and sales, then go to HVACTrustBooks.com now and reserve your area.
a limited costly warranty leak repair headaches. Three years ago, Ruth King wrote a leak policy letter for one of her clients who was dealing with huge warranty leak issues. When she gave the letter to technicians and trained them on how to use it, warranty leaks went from zero, that's right, zero. Then she gave the letter to one of her other clients and any contractor who wanted it. The results? The same, zero warranty leak repairs. The unexpected benefits? An increase in replacement sales. Ruth shares his letter with anyone and everyone who wants it. So get your sample leak policy letter for free. No strings, no catches, no guarantee of results. Go to hvacchannel.tv or call us at 877-520-4321. Click on the link in the middle of the homepage to get your free leak policy letter. I hope you experience zero warranty leak repairs and eliminate a major costly headache. We're back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. Dave Squires continues his conversation. That makes companies, sense? Hundreds of companies lost all their reviews. Because it's not a true review if you're, first off, not giving them the access to Google. And then the other thing is extorting for, or like incentivizing for reviews. You can incentivize your team to ask for reviews. You cannot incentivize customers to leave you one. I know. That's another favorite one. If you leave me this review, I'll give you a $25 Applebee's gift card. Can't do that. In fact, there are companies who have lost all their reviews because all it took was one customer saying, I got a $25 Applebee's gift card, so I left a review. One it in, happens. One in, uh, this was about five years ago, one in Denver lost at least you know, 500 of them that they paid 25 bucks a piece. Um, and all it took was, and I understand, I practice some vigilanteism. If, we, if my customers play by the rule, I'll turn somebody in, and they all went away when I pointed out that review to Google. You can't incentivize them. It's bribery at that point. So making sure you're following these is always good practice, because you never want to end up on the bad side of Google, because they can literally just, they don't believe in select correction. They believe in carpet bombing. And so generally, that's their response to things. Um, there are good news about these, though. Before I go to the next slide, I want to say conflict of interest. How many of you have had a competitor or a disgruntled employee leave a Google review? This is what's safeguarding you because this is where this is a big deal where Google can actually, you can actually report those and get them taken down. We have lots of successful instances where a disgruntled employee or another competitor where we just lay it out, we give it to Google, do the report, and because of this guideline, they'll take that down. So there are good news about guidelines because it can be the wild, wild west out there. All right. Schema. <laughs> How many of you know what schema is? I know. This is fancy SEO word jumbo, mumbo jumbo. But schema is actually the, it's kind of the page direction. So on your website, you have several pages. Schema is kind of the layout instructions on the back end of what this page is, and it kind of defines it. So search engines can crawl those pages and know exactly what this page is about. It's like an instant roadmap. And so when you schema your pages, you can just define what type of pages they are. For instance, and you'll see this in a lot of your markets, a lot of people started doing crazy review pages where they would say that this is best choice for AC service in Smithville, VA. And then it has, we have 5,000 reviews, and then it shows a whole bunch of reviews, and it's like all the same content over and over and over again. Those pages are schemaed as review pages, and they get stars because Google was adhering to we're going to give stars to those pages that call themselves review pages, depending upon what they define is their aggregate rating. So when you're looking at organic search in Google, and you were scrolling down the organic and you saw the stars next to the names, that's what that was coming from. 
Now, that was the fastest thing that was abused. Social media companies, or uh, sorry, SEO companies, not social media, website companies were calling every page, every view aggregate. And then they were defining in the back that this company had 5,000 reviews. Where are those 5,000 reviews? <laughs> there was no really policing it. And so what happens is Google actually just shut that down. And they have guidelines on how you're supposed to use your reviews because Google reviews are only meant to be found and spidered on Google. When you put them into your site, it's like mirroring, okay? So if you ever have a Google review on your site, it's only just kind of like mirroring that review. It doesn't have any search value to it. It's just for the benefit of people seeing it on your site. These are just guidelines on how you can use your reviews and what you can say with them on your website. That was a lot. I got the boring slides. <laughs> but these are the guidelines, and we actually can give you the links to where you can find these, too. Good to be king. I can give her this mm. boring slides. Um, I want to put up online reviews and expectations. I'm only going to do two slides on this because our company, we do a study every two years. We do a national survey. And I shared what our 2017 was last year as to how people find their customer. Okay? And by perspective, I'm a web guy. And the one thing I want to tell you, it is not all web. Okay. In fact, a web is a very small portion of where your customers come from. It's not what everybody makes it out to be. So I want to put it in perspective. We're talking about reviews because that's what we do, but I want to put it in perspective that you know, don't go everything about reviews. They're great to do. You need to do them, but you need to mind the other areas that people are looking at as well. And we do this study by Google. Every two years, we ask basically, how do you learn about the, you know, have you had a heating cooling contract in your home within the last year? We only ask the people who say yes. Four years we've done it. It has taken us 4,000 people to ask to find 1,000 people who have had a contractor in their home. You guys want to run the statistics on that? Really is that one out of four people has a contractor in their home every year. So you really want to know the size of your market? It's one out of four. Take your homes. Divide by four. That's the potential call number in your market per year. I mean, I've, had, I've ran this eight, four years now, and it's been the same every year. We ask, how'd they learn about it? Uh, first, we ask that. 19, 2019 overall, word of mouth is up 2.6. It is still word of mouth, recognition, the familiar. Internet is actually up 2.4, but it's still only 15%. Is that what everybody's led to believe? Okay, I'm just trying to basically let you know now, and I'm going to preface this because people are going. I've got, you know, where Will says 10% of the people do this. I usually have 90. Um, <laughs> I think I got more in the cold room. Uh, but understand, you've got to ask the question because you'll say, I might, we ask where they found us and everyone says the Internet. You've got to ask the other side question, were you looking for us? You all use the Internet to find a number for a company you're looking for, right? If you're not asking that question, your statistics are all off. But we asked, how did you learn, first learn about the contractor you call? And a discovery didn't happen there as much as you thought. Newspaper is down, radio is down, television down, and postal mail is down. Yellow Pages is up, go figure. I will tell you, everybody else left it. It's easy to be found. 
There is still a generation that uses it. It depends a lot on the market. In our marketplace, there is a, there is a baby boomer generation that is, still finds the yellow book easy to find, or the yellow pages easy to see. We track every call that goes in there, just so you know, and we run that, their number against existing customers, so we know how many new customers we have out of it and how many old. It's still successful for us. But again, that's old school, and I had one guy you know, basically say, you know, I just discussed it, the web guy was telling him yellow page. I'm just telling you what the numbers show. Don't totally discount it. Don't trust them worth anything, you know, especially when they try and tell you web, sell you web stuff. We just had Haibu into our office, and they don't know necessarily that we have a contracting company in that, and I get to sit down in their presentation, <laughs> and they showed us. We did a test. We test everything, and we did their pay-per-click, and we had 1,300 people that came to a, you know, that basically clicked. Now, we border Canada, and we said, none of that's from Canada, right? Oh, no. It's our servers. We know where they came from, so we searched it, and there was only 200 people that actually, from our marketplace, didn't click on it. The, there were three other locations, Ontario, which we can't service in, and then a city just north of Kansas City and a city in New York. Two cities accounted for 50% of our clicks. So I'm just saying, trust but verify. Your web guy can give you all those statistics. Anytime you do any of this marketing stuff, look at the actual server logs to see where they come from. I'm sorry, I got sidetracked. The good, the bad, the downright ugly. Give it you back. get to do it. <laughs> All right. He went too fast. He couldn't even read my quote because this is not as funny Sorry. anymore. Show her the quote. All right. This is her favorite quote. Go ahead with a quote. Well, um, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Or instead, post it on Google. Which I actually like this slide. We found this. We were looking at review stuff, and it was a dynasty in our office. She came across this, and I was like, everybody's a critic. <laughs> So, <laughs> and there was one on Yellowstone that we found, too, that somebody had written, yeah, I was really disappointed, didn't get to see the bears, they could really work uh, a lot harder with their wildlife to make sure that we could see it next time. <laughs> Why? All right, so we talk about this review database that we built. We spent a lot of time collecting these reviews, and we had to have a scale. So we created different ways to define these reviews, and this is super small print that you can't read, and I have handouts out there that I never handed out so that's what my lovely assistant's going to do so that you can play along with our game. Um, so what these are saying in really small print is different ways that we categorize all these reviews um, as far as what was wrong with them. I mean, my sister spent several months reading all these reviews, which was a really fun job, I'm sure. So beyond control, that's that blue one up in this corner up here. I'm okay. And then we have equipment issues, time issues, third party involved, incorrect star rating, invalid review company, or invalid reviewer or company. Uh, we have an ID10T, the idiot user one. <laughs> uh, and then we have company commitment, company attitude, bad communication, upselling, bad service, price issue, mismanaged expectations. Notice the biggest ones on this chart are mismanaged expectations, price issues, bad service, and bad communication. How many of those do you guys think you have control over there? All of them. And when we go through reviews, the thing is, is they're a little close to home. So when you guys sit in front of your big meetings and you bring these reviews in and you're like, oh, we got this bad review, guys, and what could we have done better? It's a little bit personal, isn't it? I mean, those guys at this point are feeling defensive. Well, that was a crazy lady. She had tons of cats and she was over my shoulder the whole time. Whatever. 
But when you're actually using other people's reviews, it's a lot easier to analyze. No emotions, no feelings, and you can actually talk about how to prevent this. So these are some examples that we have. You have that uh, sheet in front of you, and that kind of breaks down what kind. So this is, can everybody read this print? I'm so sorry. I can read it out loud, it's like story time too if you want. But this is an example of one of the bad reviews in our databases. So, terrible communication and service. It has been over two years since I purchased my unit, and they still have not completed the installation. I would check off and to see it when it would be finished, and they would say someone would be back with me eventually. I quit trying. What would that fall under? Well, several categories, I think, but bad communication, maybe, <laughs> maybe find a customer. We don't know the other side. You're very right. There's two sides to every story. Another one. Yeah, that's true. Probably didn't pay him. Called yesterday around 1 p.m. to have my AC serviced. As it's been freezing up and I have five-month-old baby home. Doesn't everybody have a baby when they're writing these reviews? When the house is without heat and there's no AC, there's always a baby. So, five-month-old baby at home. Around 8 p.m. I get a call saying they'll be out now to service it. I asked if I could get them to come out today and the kids were all in bed. They said, no problem. Today I called them back and they tell me they aren't accepting new customers. This is terrible business. I was counting on them coming out or I would have continued to call their places. I won't be giving them my business. Avoid at all costs. Where would that one start? Maybe dispatcher? Possibly? So again, not being able to talk about this with your own company, but being able to classify of what this would be and how to avoid this. Because these happen. I'm sure you've gotten similar ones. And last one. I wish there was an option for zero stars because this company completely wasted my time. Five days ago, I called to make an appointment, get an estimate, and have ducts and HVAC installed in my house. I was sure it would be very clear of what I was looking for. I got a call six minutes prior to the scheduled appointment to say, I'm sorry, we don't do duct work. Thank you for wasting my time. But hey, they did say I'm sorry. That'd be communication. Possibly a dispatcher thing again. Just as an example. Making sure that your message is clear, your services are understand, understood among all of your employees, and that you're being able to say the same thing to your customers. Are you managing that? This could have been avoided. Thank you for joining us. Next week, you will hear part two. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money, too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and productive day.